Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I'm Dr. John Duffy. I am your host as always, and um, here at Undo Anxiety, uh, I think we recognize that we're all suffering um, from something unnecessary in this world, and the more we talk about it and eliminate some of the taboos around it and find some solutions together, the less likely we are to suffer some of that undue anxiety that we're going through, that that kind of like stomach churning <laughs> nastiness that we're all carrying around. I think we can get rid of some of that, maybe the lion's share of it. And that's the idea here. Um, so thank you for tuning in. And if I missed you last week, it's because I was out of town. Um, but I am back. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, so while I was gone um, over the weekend, and it's Labor Day, um, Frank Bruni, who is uh, one of my favorite writers, writes for the New York Times, writes these really, really great op-ed pieces. And uh, he wrote a piece uh, that, that published this weekend, yesterday, Sunday, called The Real Campus Scourge. And it was about college freshmen and, uh, and how we treat them and what they're going through um, right now, right now. So it's early in September. And, um, and I posted this on Facebook and got kind of a firestorm of activity. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what Bruni said and, um, and some of the response and, uh, and my thoughts about some of the response, and, uh, and we'll see where we go from there. Um, so Bruni effectively said, and I think he, he it read as if he were a bit surprised by this, that college freshmen are lonely, even in a sea of people, thousands and thousands of people on virtually every college campus in America, anywhere, um, 60%, he cites, of college students have described themselves as very lonely for some period of time over the course of the last 12 months. Um, and this resonates with me um, a lot because a significant part of my practice every September, October, November, um, our college freshmen coming back, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work to be away from home. I'm here in the Midwest, so it's usually from a Big Ten school or from some liberal arts school close or from a school all the way out at one of the coasts. And something just doesn't work, doesn't resonate. Um, we party too hard. We stop going to class. Um, we can't get into the fraternity or sorority we want, whatever. Something um, unbalances us um, and taps that lack of resilience that we have just enough to hit the tipping point where it's like, I just can't do this anymore. I've got to get out of here. Um, and so, so, you know, typically if you feel lonely and it's the Instagram and Snapchat, gener Snapchat generation. And so if you're lonely, you're probably posting something very different out there. And yet when you see everybody else, everybody else's Instagram stories, Snapchat stories, you think, oh, my God, I'm the, I'm the only one here. I'm doing this wrong, you know? Um, part of the reason um, and part of the problem, I think, is us. So I'm the parent of a college student, um, and, and I work with many, many college-aged uh, families. And, um, and this is such a big transition. And the way we set this up for our kids is, here comes the best years of your life. This is going to be unbelievable. This is going to be amazing. Um, 
don't know why I chose to use that voice, but anyway, um, we set real, real big, high expectations of this. You know, like we, all of high school is now laid out to prepare for college, right? You know, it's like when I was a kid, I didn't give college much thought until I was a senior in high school. And I think a lot of you will, will probably nod your way through that and agree like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that the whole time either. Now, everything is college prep. And even for kids who, who maybe shouldn't go to college because their acumen, their abilities, and, and their proficiencies lie elsewhere. But we'll, we'll save that for another, for another um, episode. Um, but oftentimes kids, because they're looking at snap stories from their friends who they had in high school who are at different campuses altogether, and they're thinking, oh, my God, I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this poorly. I'm sitting here alone in this room. I'm playing video games, or I'm trying to create some snap story that looks kind of engaging enough that it looks like I got something going on, even though it is Friday and it is 11 o'clock at night, and here I am sitting here alone. But I got to tell you guys, you are not alone. There are a lot of people in your shoes. Um, Bruni did research and said 60% at some point for a period of time feel this way. And we lay out this expectation that this is going to be great. We're going to love every minute of it. And it's not a realistic expectation because the truth of the matter is any massive transition in life, it should have some great parts, no doubt. But it's also going to have some really difficult parts. It's also going to have some lonely parts. That night is probably going to come where you're lonely or you're just overwhelmed or something bad happens to somebody you know or to you. Um, You get a grade that doesn't go well. Something goes wrong socially. You just don't get into the fraternity, the sorority. You don't get on the club. You You might have been a rock star athlete when you were in high school. Now, you're just not that anymore because you're at a place where it's consolidated and there are many, many great basketball players here. And even if, though you were really good a year ago, suddenly you're somewhere in the middle or you're not so good at all, you realize, you know, and, and that's there's some really difficult revelations that hit you in that year. So um, so uh, somebody asked me, OK, so. Um, if, if my kid's withdrawing and having a difficult time, um, I, I'll acknowledge that that happens. I, I see that. I see that in my kid. But what am I supposed to do about it? Bruni doesn't address that. And it's true. He doesn't address what you do. So I thought I'd talk for a minute about a little bit of feedback about how you keep your kid on that campus and happy enough, because it's not going to be perfectly happy, but happy enough and engaged enough that you keep them off my couch. You keep them like away from home and out there. And then a lot of us, we, we parents are anxious that we want our kids to be out there because we don't know what becomes of them if they race back and they're back here in our home. Like, how do I, how do I relaunch them? I've already done that, right? So my bias is whether your child is already in, high, in college and starting it now or whether your child is a high school student, um, start having that conversation now about what this is really like, you know, because you can say, you can give a little dimension to it and it doesn't have to be that scary because there's always, always an answer. I'll repeat that. There's always an answer, um, especially if you're not in crisis. So way pre-crisis, don't lay out the expectation that this is going to be one dimensionally wonderful that's not true of anything in life, right? It has dimension. So, hey, you might run into a situation 
where it's really, really difficult. Um, and so there are all sorts of options and tools uh, available for you on that campus. And so I want you to seek some of those tools out. Um, I want you to re reach out to the Student Counseling Center. I want you to reach out to your advisor or at the very least your, your RA and, uh, and, and check in with them and see if they can't help you through this difficult time. Invariably, they can. But what I find is that these campus-based resources, I mean, one thing I learned in Bruni, Bruni's column is that some campuses have a place called a Campus and Student Resilience Program instead of, in lieu of, a straight counseling center. I love that. I love that thought, but look at the counseling center on your child's campus, or if you are a college student yourself, look at the counseling center as a great resource for you to use. I encourage this, and not many kids are going to take me up on this, but this is going to work for you. Stop into the counseling center tomorrow and just meet a counselor. Say hi to somebody. There are people there. They're in training. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to be hungry. They're going to want to talk to you. And just introduce yourself and say, hey, you know, what? I'm, I'm fine right now, but I may run into a situation where I need to talk to somebody and I just want to know that I have a name and maybe a phone number of somebody I can reach out to if I'm having a difficult time. You know, at the very least, have your advisor and be able to reach them, be able to make sure you get their email, make sure you are a face in front of them. The other thing I think that builds resilience on a college campus, and this is going to sound real stale and real old, and I've said it before on this podcast, meet people, stay out of your room, and get engaged. If there's a dumb thing going on this coming week for freshmen, you know, go to the dumb toga party, go to the midnight thing on the quad, whatever it is, go. If you are good at the sport, join something club or extracurricular, uh, go to the gym, go out there where people are. Don't just go to class. But my strong bias as far as that goes is think about how much different that first year of college is than high school. This is one of the things that throws us off kilter a little bit, right? Because we're used to a super structured life, right? Where there are seven hours a day where we are in the same building going through the same routine over and over and over again. And this happens year after year after year. And then suddenly the next year, you have this wildly unstructured thing because you're in class maybe three or four hours a day at the long end, and the rest of your time is just yours. So first, go to every class. Go to every single class. Um, some of you might remember Samantha, who I talked to on this podcast, and, and Samantha did some math um, to figure out how much does it cost for me to miss a class or how much does it cost to go to a class? And it was hundreds and hundreds of dollars each class session. So if you think about it that way, make it worth your while. Make it worth your parents' while if they're paying for it. Go to class, you know, and, um, and, and at least create that bit of immunity to stress for yourself, right? Feel like you're doing what you are there to do. And going to class is a big part of the reason you're there probably the primary part. So go to class um, for sure, but also have something else that you are a part of, whether it's a fraternity, sorority, sport, club, group, uh, the swing choir, which I was part of in college, and it was at Notre Dame, and it was called Shenanigans. No laughing, please. 
or the glee club or you know um, a play or stage crew or something get involved in something learn to play the guitar at the music school on your campus i mean think about all the stuff that's going on on that campus it is there for you to utilize if you find that you are holding up in your room and you're staring at a screen one screen or another you're playing video games for more than a couple hours a day you're looking at your phone for more than a couple hours a day. There is good research that supports the idea that if you are looking at a screen for more than about two hours a day, you are far, like exponentially more likely to be sad, lonely, depressed, anxious, suicidal. I mean, so if you need a pitch about engagement, there it is. You know what I mean? If you want to create an immunity as best you can to some of that diagnostic stuff that I deal with every day, get out there, man. Get out there and engage and live your life and you'll feel better. You know, get on a regular exercise regimen because I got to tell you guys, I, I've felt it when somebody's way, way off their game and it's always engagement that gets them back on their game. So, so parents... Um, if you need um, to get your kids engaged in this discussion, play this podcast for them and just say, hey, listen to this guy. I don't know if he has anything to say other than this one podcast, but listen to this one and just see what you think. Um, because this stuff is not – it's based on a lot of research because it's based on the research I'm citing, but it's also based on my experience. And I've been doing this for almost 25 years, and there aren't many exceptions I can think. And I tell you again – that in the next few months, up, up to a third of my practice, I will be very, very busy. And it hasn't even happened once yet. Yet I know that there will be up to a dozen or more people in this room talking with me about the difficulties that they're suffering in their lives and how they just couldn't make it work on a campus. They just didn't have the resilience. They didn't have what it took. And a lot of people are angry with themselves, you know, come back and they're upset and they have no idea how they're going to get back in rhythm. And they wanted to be there. So um, find your way back there um, if you can. Now, so so that's that's the, the pitch is get involved, get engaged, and create some immunity when you're having a difficult time and that's likely to happen, not unlikely, this, is not, this might be the greatest time in your life, but that doesn't mean you're not going to have a struggle or two, a class that's too difficult, um, a night when you party too hard, uh, something that goes wrong in a relationship. Things, it is life. College is part of life and things can go wrong. So let's not lay out the expectation that that could never possibly happen because, my God, it certainly can um, there's one other thing about this that I want to address because I, um, I posted this in large part because I, um, I, I received a lot of comments when I posted this on Facebook. Um, a lot of people saying, yes, I can relate to this. A lot of people tagging other people in this. And then I got a comment, um, from somebody I knew decades ago, just a little bit, um, who I think went to high school, maybe with my brother, who kind of um uh, not unreasonably but kind of mocks the whole situation like this is ridiculous this whole thing i can't believe we're talking about this because early on in the article bruni says these kids aren't snowflakes um and this guy's saying sorry still snowflakes 
and enabling parents um, because somebody, a girl at some school says in the article, um, I was alone and I felt completely freaked out. And the, my, my buddy from high school wrote, the enrollment at that college is 11,000 plus people. It wasn't just me here, as she says. What has happened is that today's students rely on electronic friendship and don't know how to meet people. He goes on to say, any reasonable person going to college will know that they are going to meet new people and will plan accordingly. What groups can I join on campus? Where should I hang out? Which dorm is best for me? Where's the student union? And um, to um, my, uh, my Facebook friend who will remain nameless here, um, I get it. I get your point. Um, this does feel like a little bit of a snowflake thing, I suppose, out of context, right? But here's what I would say. Um, it is different to be 18, 19, 21, 22 years old for kids now than it was for us a generation ago. Um, it might have been kind of very matter of fact, but I suspect that a lot of us suffered too. But it wasn't okay to suffer. It wasn't okay to feel that way. And so we suffered in silence. I, for one, was one of those kids. So I know that that's true, that you can kind of just grit your way through, gut your way through. And my dorm was next to the psych building, which housed the student counseling center. So I had help yards from my window, and I never went to get it. Um, so I should have. And I think my experience would have been more profound. But in the Instagram, Snapchat age, when you have these virtual options and you've grown up with that, which a lot of these kids have, all of them have, um, I don't think it's so easy to say, you know, like, oh, just go on with the right attitude, you know, you big baby. Um, I think we're missing something if we, if we say that. I think it's smarter to say, let's make sure you have all the tools at your disposal to be successful. And if you use those tools, that's success. You know, um, let's take the judgment out of it because I don't think it's good or bad to say you're lonely. I think it's an honest thing, right? You know, and I think sometimes different situations in life inspire loneliness, you know, and that alone, that's not a crime. That's not the end of the world. That's okay to feel. And we need to be able to say that's okay to feel. So, um, yeah, for you, for you college freshmen out there, hang in there if you can. Go to see a counselor if you can. Moms, dads, don't make constant phone calls because that supports the idea of crisis. But when you do call, open up a dialogue that makes it okay that only good news is reported to you, you that, that, that you're open to hearing what's not so great too because too many parents refuse to hear that voice because they're excited about this time for their kids. But it doesn't give kids enough license to say, you know what, it's not going that well. I'm having a really, really tough time here. And if your child calls you in a week or two or three and says those very words, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. I don't know if this is going to work. Don't shut them down. Don't, don't tell them that they don't feel the way they do. But listen, let them have that say. That gives them a shot. That tells them, okay, somebody out there hears me. I'm not just whistling in the wind here. Somebody hears me, and that's good, right? So give them that opportunity because sometimes all we need is to know I've got an ally out there, 
and I can lean on that relationship, and that's a good thing, you know. And that so I'll, I'm going to hang in till tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, and then eventually it becomes smooth again, you know. The rough waters even out like they do on every body of water, and you're going, you're moving in the, in that right direction, right? Give them the opportunity. So. Hope there's some clarity here, and and these are not snowflakes. These are human beings who are struggling, and um, and I think we're really missing something if we judge them. Because um, I think this generation coming up is actually really bright and loving and caring and kind. And if the price we pay is the sensitivity, recognize you feel a certain way. Good God, man, I'm willing to pay that price till the end of days. Um, so, good luck out there. College is awesome. Enjoy it. But you don't have to enjoy every second. Seek out the help when you need it. All right. And uh, what I'm, I'm a big fan of your school, whatever that school is. Um, and, you know, go team. Uh, this is the Undo Anxiety Podcast. Um, I am Dr. John Duffy. And you can find us at iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and WGN+. Um, if you have thoughts about who ought to be on this podcast or a topic I ought to cover, give me a quick email. And I mean this sincerely. I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for ideas to cover. And this, this was a good one. So um, somebody recommended this, and I, and I appreciate it. Um, contact me at johngduffy at drjohnduffy.com um, anytime. And uh, as always, I appreciate you taking some time to listen here today and any day. And check out some of our other podcasts. There are some outstanding ones in the archives. Just read the descriptions. They're really well written by my buddy Scott Shanley. Shout out to you, Scott. Um, Have an excellent week, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Bye.